Good morning. Please join me in our responsive reading printed in your worship folder and also on the screen. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. I will give them good pasture lands where they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in the lush pastures of the hills. I myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in peace, says the Lord. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away, and I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. Amen. Let us pray. O Christ, before whom all nations shall finally bow, before whom all rulers will cast their crowns, and before whom all creatures will acknowledge your rule, cause us today to bow in adoration of you. Cause us now to cast everything that we have and everything that we are before your throne. Cause us now to acknowledge you as our Lord in this time that we have together when we go from here and in each day and hour of our lives. Amen. morning. We welcome you here. We're glad that you are here and that we can gather together in the name of the Lord to worship God and to acknowledge the Lordship of God today. So we welcome you and we're glad that you're here. We welcome our guests, especially this morning. You're very important to us and uh, and we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Uh, Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on each row in the uh, uh, the maroon folder there. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us uh, this morning. If you would uh, give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving us. But if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there and we'll get you on the list. It comes out every Thursday and it's a good way to keep up with the opportunities for worship and and service and ministry and fellowship here at Community Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here, and it's great to to share the love of God with one another. So let me encourage you to stand now and share the love of God as you greet one another in the name of the Lord.
Okay, as we are taking our seat, children come forward for our children's moment. Mr. Matthew is up here for our children's moment, so all of our children can come forward. Let's see, am I on? I am. Come on down, children. <laughs> Look at them all. <laughs> I know it. Come on down, have a seat. So much for having them sit in the front row today. <laughs> all right, guys, my name is Matthew. What I'm going to do is read you a story. Is that okay? Okay, this story was originally written by a guy named John Luke Picard, but he's far too busy going where no man has ever gone before to read it. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Ready? Okay. In the little town of Vidalia Tears, there lived a girl. She was just an ordinary girl, or at least she thought so. She was average side, did well in school, didn't ever get in trouble. Her life was pretty great, except for one thing, her name. Fredonia isn't your typical girl's name these days. And for her, it was a terrible name. She would go to school every day, dreading the oncoming torment that her classmates would put on her. One day, all of that would change. Fredonia went to school much like she did any other day. Her mother dropped her off out front and into the building she went. As soon as she got inside, it started. Hey, Fred, how was your weekend? Hey, Fred, why do you have a boy's name? Hey, Fred, when are you going to get a real name? The torment never ceased. The worst of the bunch was a girl named T. Yes, just T. Now, normally, having a name with just one letter would be a reason for anyone to tease you, right? Except for this girl was abnormally large. And by abnormally large, I mean she was bigger than the teachers. T ruled the school. A look from her would send even the toughest boy running. Now, T wouldn't really put a whole lot of creativity into her teasing. She liked to go straight for the most annoying thing she could think of and just stay there. So when she noticed Fredonia was all alone at recess drawing with her crayons, T decided it was time. Fredonia noticed a shadow creeping over her drawing. She knew that from the size of the shadow, T had finally found her for the day. T started her chant, Fred, 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 Fred. On and on she chanted. She chanted until Fredonia could feel the words pounding inside of her brain. Please, T, stop, she said. T never stopped. Fredonia couldn't take anymore. She got up, tears in her eyes, and she ran. She ran right through the school. She ran right out the front door and on into town. There was only one place Fredonia wanted to be. Just a couple blocks away, she saw her destination, City Hall. Inside, she would find her favorite person, her grandpa. She ran straight into his office and burst through the door. Grandpa, Grandpa, I need you, she said, as she wiped the tears from her eyes. Oh, dear Fredonia, whatever's the matter? It's my name, Grandpa. Why do I have to have a name like Fredonia? Everyone teases me. It's not fair. Why don't I have a pretty name like all the other girls? Why do they have to tease me? Stop, Fredonia. Don't cry, he said. Do you know why you were named Fredonia? To cause torture to my life, she said in an angry voice. No, of course not. Do you know what my name is? Well, of course I do. You're Grandpa. Other people call you the mayor. Yes, Fredonia, to you I am those things. My real name is Frederick Flip. You were named after me. You and I share a name. But I'm a girl, Fredonia said. 
Everyone teases me. They tease you because they don't understand. We all love you, Fredonia, but there is someone that loves you even more. Who loves me more than you, Grandpa? God does, Fredonia. You see, God loves all of us for who we are. He knows us before we were born and knows the steps that we will take in our lives. God knew your name would be Fredonia, and he loved you before you even knew your name. He has great things for you, Fredonia Flip, to do in your lifetime. All you have to do is be yourself. Now, Fredonia felt a little bit better after that. I mean, after all, knowing that God loves you is rather a comforting thing, right? She got up and thanked her grandpa for his time and started for the door. Just as she got there, it opened. Standing on the other side was her worst nightmare, T. You see, the teachers had sent T out to find her. When T started to open her mouth to speak, Grandpa said, T, would you please take my granddaughter back to school with you? She needed a meeting with me and is ready to go back now. Yes, of course, sir, was T's reply. Without another word, they walked out of City Hall and started back to school. Fredonia thought it was very strange that T hadn't made fun of her at all. But she wasn't about to open the door to that by doing any talking. Halfway back, T started talking. I didn't know that Commander Double F was your grandpa, Fredonia. T had never, T had never used her full name. Fredonia was stunned. Something funny was going on. Commander Double F? Do you mean grandpa? Yes, Commander Double F is the mayor now. He saved my granddad in the army. We go visit all the time. I'm sorry I tease you all the time. I didn't know. Why is your name Fredonia? Fredonia was shocked, but she had to try and keep it going. I mean, this is the nicest thing T had ever said in her whole life. I was named after my grandpa, she said. His name is Frederick Flip. I see, was all that T replied. By then they'd gotten to the school and Fredonia heard the dreaded call. Hey, Fred, did you run home to Mommy? But then a strange and wonderful thing happened. Right when Fredonia was going to run to her classroom, a giant hand reached over and stopped her. It was T. T said to the gathering crowd, This is Fredonia. She will be addressed as Fredonia, and if any of you are going to, are found calling her Fred again, you'll have to answer to me. The crowd ran from T as if she was going to start answering questions with her fists. Fredonia didn't know what to say. Thank you, T, was the only thing she could muster. Fredonia, from now on, you've got a friend in me. And with that, T walked away. Never again was Fredonia Flip called Fred, and she was happy. Now, in this story, guys, there are two lessons to be learned. The first lesson is that we really shouldn't make fun of things because we don't understand them, right? Sometimes things we, make, we think are strange or funny are really beautiful if we just get to know them, okay? So let's try and get to know things instead of making fun of them. Secondly, each and every one of us has something that maybe we don't like about ourselves. Maybe our ears might be too big or our nose looks silly or maybe our voice sounds strange or we just simply don't like our name. But you know what? God loves each and every one of us. We were all made that way for a reason. And he has great things for each of us to do with our lives. If we just have the courage to seek them out. Remember that each one of us is different, and because all of us are different, we're really all the same. Thank you, children.
Our scripture reading today is from Ezekiel 34, verses 11 through 16. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses, and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. And they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring them back, and, and I will bring back the strayed. And I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this such a beautiful Lord's Day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your saving grace. We thank you for always being with us. We know that all goodness comes from you. Lord, we ask that we would, you would help us reflect on those good blessings you give us. Help us to be mindful of what you would have us do. We thank you for this church, this body of Christ, where we can do your work. We ask that you would help each of us to be mindful of the opportunities you give us each day to witness for you, to care for uh, our fellow man, and to build the kingdom that you would have us do. Now continue to bless this church and all you do through it. In Christ's name I pray. you this morning. We worship you as a source of all creation and creativity, of all mercy, graciousness, and love. We're so thankful that you who know us best love us best. So it's fitting that we make all that we have and are available to you. Bless this offering to glorify you and further your kingdom. Amen.
You may have noticed uh, throughout our service that we've been uh, reading and speaking a lot about sheep and shepherds. So with that in mind, I'd like to ask you, what do you think of when you think of a sheep or a lamb? What immediately comes to your mind? Barbecue. Barbecue. (laughs) It wasn't what I expected. (laughs) Mutton. (laughs) I was doing a crossword puzzle just a few days ago, and there was a clue in it that was exemplar of innocence. And the answer was lamb. The fact is that sheep sometimes have the reputation of being passive and helpless, gentle as a lamb, we say. Well, maybe or maybe not. Reuters News Service carried a story a while back about an Egyptian man who had been pushed to his death from a three story building by a sheep that he was preparing for slaughter. The report says that that many Egyptian city dwellers keep livestock on their rooftops. And this particular man had been fattening this sheep up for several months in order to get it ready for a ritual sacrifice. But before he could do that, for some unknown reason, the sheep butted the man, knocking him off of the roof and to his death. It's a tragic story, of course, but it's it's still a bit odd. A sacrificial sheep mortally wounding the man who was going to sacrifice him. It's ironic, but not altogether unique. Research in New Zealand, which is famous for having more sheep than people, has shown that one third of farmers there have been seriously injured by attacks by sheep often coming from being charged from behind and receiving injury to their knees or or broken vertebrae. Meanwhile, in England, a 28-year-old parachutist named Allison Pearson made a 13,500-foot drop from an airplane without incident, except for the fact that she landed in a field full of sheep. And one particular sheep panicked at Allison's suddenly arrival, sudden arrival and attacked her. Allison received serious chest injuries because after being charged by this sheep. And finally, in Wales, gangs of sheep from the local hills have taken to, to hanging out in the parking lot of a supermarket there. And a lot, uh, and I'm not making this up, according to news reports, I'm not, I'm really not. <laughs> According to news reports, these sheep will will pester the customers when they come out with their food in order to get fed, in order to be fed. Flocks of sheep will follow people to their cars and nose around in their trunks as people are putting their groceries away. And it seems that they are particularly fond of fresh cakes and French bread, although ice cream is pretty popular, too. But you didn't know that sheep like ice cream. But here's something that's important. You see, sheep not only aren't sheep as passive and helpless as sometimes we might think, but sheep also have an undeserved reputation of being dumb. According to behavioral scientist Keith Kendrick, sheep can recognize as many as 50 other sheep for up to two years. That's more than I can do. That means that sheep have a reasonable amount of intelligence. And Kendrick suggests that that they may have similar abilities in many ways to humans. Well, these thoughts about sheep this morning, I hope might help us to focus our attention on our lesson from the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel writes this. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flocks, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they have scattered. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. 
I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel and in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the, the injured and strengthen the weak. What a great passage of Scripture that is. First thing I want you to notice from this passage of Scripture today is how intimate the relationship is between the sheep and the shepherd. I myself will search for my sheep and look at look after them, says says the Lord. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flocks, so I will look after my sheep. Now, the shepherd here represents God. And the sheep, of course, are God's people. So what Ezekiel is telling us here is that God really cares about God's people. And that's a good thing for us to know today. God really cares about us. Ronald Glusenkamp tells what it means to him that the shepherd cares for his sheep. He says that uh, he can remember standing in a hallway in the in the church that he and his family were members of when he was a small child. And it seems that at one particular place in that hallway, there was a large picture of Jesus on the wall as the as the good shepherd. And and in that picture, Jesus carried a little lamb in his arms But also connected by Jesus and by flowing ribbons were lots of other little lambs. In fact, the picture carried all the names of that particular congregation who were under the age of three. It was their cradle roll. The little boy lambs were connected by blue ribbons and the little girl lambs were connected by pink ribbons. And and as a little boy, Glusenkamp remembers standing there, finding his own name and knowing That he belonged. That he was loved. Because he was one of Jesus's lambs. Some of you can probably relate to that. You may remember in your own childhood seeing a picture like that. The good shepherd holding a little lamb in his arms. And and you knew that you were that little lamb. What a picture of security and well-being. Well, the scripture is full of of images of the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The 23rd Psalm has has given comfort to millions of people down through the ages. In John 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then later in that same chapter, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Oz Hillman tells about a friend of his who was visiting in an agricultural area of Israel when they came across a group of sheep herders. They used a round pen to bring the sheep in for the night. And they watched toward the end of the day as a shepherd brought his flock into the pen. And then a few minutes later, another shepherd came and brought his flock into the same pen. And then a few minutes after that, yet another shepherd brought his sheep into that that same pen. So now there were three groups of sheep in the same pen with no identifying marks on, on any of them. So his friend wondered how in the world they would be able to separate their sheep the next day. Well, the next morning, the shepherd came over. One of the shepherds came over to the pen made a certain sound to his sheep. And one by one, all of his sheep filed out to follow him. But only his sheep. Only his sheep followed his voice. The other sheep waited for their shepherd to come. Hillman's friend said that this was an amazing thing to see. The the sheep recognized their shepherd's voice and followed him while the other sheep remained in the pen. Well, Jesus said, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. That's like an experience that Dennis Covington tells about. He recalls what it was like when he was a child being called home late in the evening. He described it like this. He said, it's late afternoon 
And I'm down at the lake. The turtles are moving closer to the shore. The surface of the water is undisturbed. Most of the children in my neighborhood are called home by their mothers. They open the back doors, wipe their hands on their aprons and yell out, Willie or Joe. Either that or they they use a bell bolted to the door frame that was loud enough to start all the dogs in the neighborhood barking. But, says Dennis, I was always called home by my father. And he did not do it in the customary way. He walked down the alley all the way to the lake. If I was close, I could hear his shoes on the gravel before he came in sight. If I was far away, I would see him across the surface of the water, emerging out of the shadows and into the first gray light. He would stand with his hands in his pockets while he looked for me. And this is how he got me to come home. He always came to the place where I was before he called my name. Isn't that a great picture, a beautiful picture? He always came to the place where I was before he called my name. Most of us can think back to our childhood when someone called our name and we knew that we were loved. We knew that that someone cared about us and that we were important to them. And that very fact gave our lives meaning. And it still gives us a sense of identity even today. Well, here in the book of Ezekiel, we find this beautiful picture of God's love for us. I myself will tend my sheep, he says, and and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. My friends, this is who God is. God loves each and every one of us in an intimate and personal way. And we can find that that kind of God in, in a number of places in the Hebrew Bible. We can find that loving God and that loving shepherd all through the Hebrew Bible. But, you know, it took the coming of Jesus to show us just how much God loves us. Not only as a good shepherd, but also as a loving parent. It took the coming of Jesus for us to know that that we could call God Abba, as Jesus taught us to pray, which is translated as Daddy. A very intimate word. This is who God is. God cares for us more than we can ever imagine. And this is the unique message of the Christian faith. For you see, God's only son, Jesus, came in this world to show us what God is like. And here is what we can learn from Jesus today. God loves God's sheep so much. That he was willing to lay down his life for them. That's what we read in John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I want you to think about that for a minute. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now, on the surface of that, that sounds kind of absurd, doesn't it? As someone has said, if it seems foolish to think that a man would be willing to die for a mere animal, however great his affection may be for them, remember this. There's a far greater gap between God and human beings than there, than there is between a human being and a sheep. And it's an extraordinary idea. But this is what Christians believe. The divine shepherd. God. Lay down his life for his sheep. And if that doesn't take your breath away, then I don't know what will. I like the way Ron Hutchcraft put it. He tells the story of one of the most famous horse uh, uh, race horses. Of all time. You may know the name, Seabiscuit. Seabiscuit was the son of a champion, but he was not like his father. You see, Seabiscuit had been forced early in in his career to run with better horses than he was so that they would gain confidence by beating him. He would be their pacer and he would 
run alongside them, but they would always beat him. But on purpose, they were holding him back. And so when he raced for real, when he was in a real race, he did what he would what he had been trained to do. He lost. Well, because of the poor treatment that Seabiscuit received, he became an angry horse and an almost uncontrollable horse. And and, and then finally, he was given a chance by a trainer that many consider considered to be too old and by a jockey that many considered to be too big and too over the hill. But Seabiscuit thrived in the care of people who believed in him and and became one of the greatest horses of all time. The trainer sees in the horse something that others have missed. When Seabiscuit, when Seabiscuit's eventual owner was deciding whether or not he would buy this apparent loser, the trainer said to him, you don't throw a life away just because it's, a, it's been banged up a little. And when the trainer wanted to fire the jockey because of the things that he was doing, the owner reminded the trainer, you don't throw a life away just because it's been banged up a little. After telling Seabiscuit's story, Ron says, maybe you're one of those banged up people. Maybe you've been treated poorly. Maybe you've been made to feel that you don't measure up, that you're a loser, that people have undervalued you. But my friends, listen to this. There is someone who has never thrown away a banged up life. There is someone who always sees beyond what is on the outside to the wounds that are on the inside. You see, Jesus is your hope for a new beginning. In Isaiah 61, the Bible says of the Messiah, the Lord has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And my friends, Jesus has done just that for millions of people over the past 2,000 years. And he can do it for you as well. The Bible says of his death on the cross... He carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And by his wounds, we are healed. My friends, with someone who loves you so unconditionally, so completely, you don't ever have to trash yourself again. You don't ever have to trash other people again. And you certainly don't have to trash your future. You can tear up that name tag that identifies you as a victim and replace it with a new identity that Jesus has given to you. For you see, you are a child of the King. Jesus. God's one and only Son sacrificed Himself to become the ultimate banged up life for you. So however much you have been betrayed, you can trust in Him. And however much you have been hurt or rejected, you can count on Him and His love to never leave you. And your new beginning can start this very day. What a wonderful message of God's love that is. You know, we began this message with a story of a shepherd being sent to his death by a sacrificial lamb. But, but what defies all logic is to imagine a shepherd willingly and knowingly laying down his life for that lamb. And as the writer says that I quoted a few moments ago, there is a far greater gap between God and human beings than there, than there are between human beings and a sheep. But that's the good news for today. For you see, God really does love you that much. The shepherd really did lay down his life for his sheep. And now it's up to us, the sheep, 
to respond in gratitude for to what God has done for us. And to accept that grand love of God and willingly give our lives in love and in relationship to him. Amen. We're going to give you that opportunity to do just that. We're going to sing together in just a moment. Number 471 in our grace hymnal. Come you sinners, poor and needy. And that's talking to all of us, folks. All of us are sinners and all of us are poor and needy. We need the Lord. We need God today. And you may have been beat up. You may have that banged up life that I was talking about a minute ago. But here's the good news. God loves you. God loves you banged up and all. God loves you more than anything else in the world. God loves you enough that he would lay down his life for you. I don't know about you, but that makes me a really grateful person. That makes me really grateful for what God has done. I hope it makes you grateful too. Grateful enough to give your life to the Lord. If you've never done that before, we invite you to make that commitment to God this morning. Saying, yes, I want you to be my good shepherd. And I will be your sheep. And I will follow you wherever you lead me to go. I'll let you be the leader of my life. And I'll commit myself today to that. Because I know that you love me enough to die for me. Maybe you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church today. Or maybe you just need to come and have a little time of prayer. We invite you to do that. If God's dealing in your life in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing, Come ye sinners, poor and needy. this morning. Uh, Just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention before we dismiss. Uh, First of all, let me remind everyone of our Thanksgiving celebration that we're going to be having here. Actually, we're having two Thanksgiving celebrations. We're having uh, a celebration here on the 20th for our church, and then we are going to be hosting the um, community Thanksgiving uh, celebration on the 22nd here at our church as well. Uh, But I want to call to your attention, especially the Thanksgiving celebration on the 20th. We're going to do things a little different that day. We're not going to have these chairs set up like pews. We're going to have tables set up and we're going to worship around the tables. Kind of like uh, it's kind of an interesting thing there, isn't it? We're going to worship around the tables and we're going to be talking about some of the things that we're thankful for. We're going to be talking about uh, the ministries of our church. We're going to... um, be giving thanks for the ministries of our church. And then we're going to conclude with brunch. 
eating together around the tables there. I think it's going to be a fun time. This will also be a, the culmination of our capital camp, campaign fund, uh, because at that time we will also um, kind of bring that to an end and give you an opportunity to offer an offering of thanks for our building before we refinance the loan here and, and, uh, and help us to, uh, to bring our, our debt down as far as possible. So that's something to look forward to on November the 20th. That's not all we have to look forward to on November the 20th. I've been kind of holding off on this a little bit because we didn't have all the details lined up until this week, but we do now. Uh, Kate Campbell will be in concert here at our church on November the 20th that afternoon. That's a Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock. Kate is a wonderful songwriter and singer, and if you miss this, I'll tell you what, you will really miss something wonderful. So please be sure to put that on your calendar right now uh, to be here for Kate's concert that afternoon. Uh, the, we, are, we do have tickets. They are free tickets, but we want, the tickets to, we want to have tickets so we'll have an idea of how many people will be here so we'll know how many chairs to set up. If you would like a ticket for that, you can get it from uh, the, uh, whoever is uh, manning the hospitality table out front. Or you can come by the church or call the church and we'll have uh, tickets available for you. They are free tickets. We will have a love offering uh, for that as well. And one more thing. Uh, we are starting again the uh, Harvest Challenge. Do you want to say something about that or you want me to? Okay, I'll go ahead. You may remember last year we had this big competition between the men and the women for Harvest Challenge. Uh, uh, where we, we had certain foods that we would bring in each week and, and the, we counted each item of food and, um, and, uh, who won that? Yeah, who won that? I, I think it was the men who won that. And, 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 and because the men won that, we received, uh, a good Valentine's meal served and cooked by our winners. Well, we're going to do the same thing this year. We're going to have, uh, beginning next week, we're going to be bringing, for, the, for next week, bringing cereal, breakfast bars, Pop-Tarts, and oatmeals. And, uh, and the loser this year will also serve the men uh, for a Valentine's <laughs> meal. <laughs> I don't think so. No. We're working on it. We're ready this year. Okay, boy. <laughs> then save enough, save enough. OK, but that's a wonderful it's a fun thing for us to do. And it's a good ministry. All of, of course, all of the food will go to the food bank at, uh, at Henderson Christian Outreach. And and they're really the ones who are the winners of this of this program. Yes, the, uh, you probably were handed a survey coming in, a, a mini survey. We're looking at uh, starting two new teams. The nominating committee is looking at starting two new teams this year that we haven't had before. One is a history team who is responsible for gathering the, the history of our church and make, making sure that, that that is well documented. And also a green team. And what we mean by that is that this is a team of people who will look at, at how we as a church and how we as individuals can be environmentally friendly uh, here in this place. So those are two. Please, if you're interested in one of those, please uh, check that and be sure to get that in. Let us uh, bow for our, our benediction. May we go from this place as those who have acknowledged the Lordship of our Savior, Jesus Christ. May we leave this place knowing that God is the Good Shepherd who seeks after us until we are safely in God's fold. And may we go from this place in the joy of knowing that God's love and protection go with us. And will never leave us. Amen.